Welcome to the Hope Elam Podcast. We are a diverse church in the heart of Des Moines, seeking to bring God's kingdom as we live more like Jesus. We hope that what you're about to hear points you to Jesus Christ. Know that we're praying for you and look forward to connecting with you soon. Amen. All right. So um, we've been running through Romans. Uh, Romans runs deep. We know that. And so now we've turned the chapter to a different series. We're now in um, the series of Corinthians. Amen. And uh, I'm going to do this. Just hang on with me. So Corinthians runs deep. That'll work right there. Oh, it doesn't work. That's deep. (laughs) Maybe that's why it's over there, man. So I'm going to just, I'm going to set Julian up so you can come over here and preach, amen. So Corinthians runs, Romans runs deep. Corinthians, Christianity, and us. As we transition to a new sermon series, let's make sure that we're not just hearing the word, but that we are hearing and be willing to do it. Because as we look at Corinthians and Christianity, we should see ourselves in the text. Amen. Corinth was one of the cities in Greece. Corinth was strategically located. It was an isthmus. It was a neck of land that had a body of water on one side and a body of water on the other side. And it was huge for trade. A lot of the times they traded with Italy or they traded with Asia. But the city of Corinth was a vast city with a lot of trade, which brought a lot of wealth. With a lot of wealth brought a lot of affluence. And with a lot of affluence brought a lot of vices, a lot of different things that they can get into because they could. And because of that, it was a very tumultuous time where people were really drawn over into a lot of lustful desires, a lot of sexual promiscuity, a lot of things that they got themselves into. And when Paul, if you remember, Paul established the church back in Acts 18, and we talked about that, that he established the church when the Jews didn't want to hear from him, so he preached to the Gentiles. So he established a Christian church at Corinth. And now here it is, he's doubling back because he's heard that there's some issues at Corinth. And so here today, as we transition from one series to another, please welcome my dear brother, Julian Dismute, uh, a member of this, of this fellowship. Amen. Good morning, Hope Elam. Now, I hope you don't mind that I'm going to have my phone out because my vision ain't that good to read that back. But I'm going to be looking. I'll make sure that I stay my slides, keep up with you guys up there. But because um, we're not going to allow the devil to stop God's work. We're not. And so there's a sweet, sweet aroma in this place today. The worship was fire. Give it up for the, the praise team one more time. <clears throat> and something stuck out to me in the song about Christ being our firm foundation. It said, the rain came and the wind blew, but my house was built on you. 
said, but I'm safe with one. You, I'm gonna make it through. And it really just hit my heart. Because that rain does come. That wind blows, and that's many of our 2020s. And when we talk about the wind blowing, and we talk about the rain falling, if we can be truthful, some of our houses were built on sand. And when that rain came and that wind blew, and your house wasn't built on him, the Bible says it was a great collapse for the person that built the house on sand. So there's a couple different shakings that can happen. My man Eric over here about to get it right for me. I need it. Come on now. Um, there's two types of shakings. There's a shaking that could come and that can destroy everything. And there's a shaking that can come that when it's... Sh- Let's go! I don't need this, then that. I know. Praise God, look at that. Okay. So I want to keep us tapped in. So there's a shaking that happens, two types of shaking. There's one that when things shake, things fall. Things break, things spread apart. There's another shaking that happens. When it shakes, your roots go deeper. And so when I think about that song, that firm foundation, for those that were rooted in Christ when that shaking came, you got even more grounded in your faith. And so some of you are here because 2020, it didn't break you, it made you. If it wasn't for 2020, your marriage wouldn't be where it is today. If it wasn't for 2020 and the pandemic and all the things that were happening, you would not be as strong in your faith as you are today. Amen? So there's a couple of different shakings that can happen that can change us forever. Now, Pastor talked about Corinthians and how... They were living kind of wild because the world has so much to offer. Different vices and different things that we can get tangled into. There's a lot of storms and a lot of pain that has been caused to, let's just be real, to all of us. Lost a lot of people. 2020 was so traumatic because you couldn't be with your family members that probably passed away in the hospital and you couldn't be in the room. And that pain, it grieved you so much that it didn't only push you away from family members, but it also pushed you away from God. And it caused division. And that pain turned to bitterness. And that bitterness changed the way you think and what you thought about the world and your view of God. And let's not forget about the race stuff that was happening, too. And a lot of division where there was fires over there, there was arguing over here, there was agendas going over here. And we are in the middle of it. Financial burdens we're still carrying because of the pandemic. Working two to three jobs. For me, I had a DoorDash. I mean, it was ugly. But I'm telling you, there is something good about God. Especially for us believers. God calls us to in these divided times, he, tells, he, tells, he calls us to be in sweet harmony, to live in harmony with each other in divided times. 
If you look at the world, even in the faith, pastors then fell, churches been split up. That rain came and that wind blew and exposes and exposed the houses that were built on anything else but God. Division. I just want to let you know that God sees you and all your hurt and all your pain, all your hangups, the things that you've done that have caused guilt, shame, things that have pushed you away from your closest friends because there was betrayals, there was, there was hurt, there was brokenness. And what happens is when we live in a world of brokenness, sometimes that brokenness can get transferred to us. So even though you didn't experience any of it, but since you were around it, you got exposed to it, and therefore now it's on you. Because what's not transformed is transferred. And now it's on you. And then you go to church, and you go to work, and then you try to love people well, but you just can't love them well because there's something on the inside of you. That's why I love when the Bible says that guard your heart above all else. With due diligence, like guard it. He said, because it will determine the course of your life. So think about it. If you're not where you want to be, let's check the heart. And so God, let's, I'm going to pray over us today that God would just be with you. Maybe we're going to get into this text and see what God has to say about it. Dear Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for the opportunity to be in your presence, your sweet presence. We thank you, God, for the body. We thank you for the Hope Elam members. We thank you, God, for who you drawed here today. There's no accident. It's no accident that they are here today, God. And I just pray, God, that their hearts will be so open to what you have to say. That even in divided times, God, you can be glorified. You can be lifted high. There's a sweet aroma. There's a sweet taste, God. When believers come together, it changes everything, God. So be with us today as we go forth. May we leave different than the way we came. In Jesus' name, amen. So Paul, as Brian mentioned, is speaking to the Corinthian church, the church in Corinth. And there's some issues going on, and he gets word. And so Paul is a, a lover of Christ. You guys know the story of Paul, so I won't go down that trail. But he is committed to making sure that people understand who Christ is and know Christ so they can be saved. And so he started this church in Corinth, and he's, he wrote a letter to him. He says, I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ, to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no divisions in the church. Rather, be of one mind, united in thought and in purpose. No division within the church. See, as the church, God intended for the church to be set apart. Unstained from the world. And the reason was because the church represented Christ's body. The body that was given, the body that was broken for us. And Christ isn't, he isn't divided. But sometimes when we spend time in the world and we are doing things and we're, we're not living the way that Christ has called us to, we can bring that within the church and now all of a sudden we're not able to love. We're not able to give the way that the Bible says to give and now 
We see people the same way that the world sees people. And remember, these people were believers already. But these, these believers, in some cases, backslid, or if you want to call it. There was something that happened. They were exposed to all these things, and some of them lost their faith. They lost their grip. They fell back into the thing that they once were delivered from. I don't know who I'm preaching to today, but like, there's some things that have you wrapped up that you were once delivered from, and now you're still trying to get up out of that thing. And now there's division in the home. And now there's division in the marriage. And now you can't keep a job. And now you've got problems with coworkers. And now you have all this division going on among you. And Christ calls us to live in harmony. I love what it says here. Let there be no division in the church, but it says rather be of one mind. If you're thinking about what are some things that we can do to get to move in harmony, the first thing to do is just, we got to be together in one mind. Simple as that. I love here, and I got a couple examples here that we all are familiar with. Serving others, the greatest among you will be a servant, Matthew 20. When we get, when we get out into the world, we'll, we start to think that we need to be served. But remember, Christ did not come to be served. No, he, he came to actually serve others. That's one mind. Seeking understanding. Proverbs 4, 7, it says this, in all thy getting, get a understanding. It's an understanding of God. That's one thing. But you know what else is just as important, especially as the body? Us understanding each other. See, when the, body of, when the body of Christ comes together and we all come from different backgrounds and we've all been stained by the world and we've all been through, we're born in certain situations that we didn't actually choose. And so when we come together, sometimes we bring baggage with us. And if we let the attitude or the look on somebody's face get to us, what happens is we tend to prejudge without even understanding what is actually happening with them. And so now we have this turmoil and now we're over here talking about it's because I'm black or it's because I'm white or it's because I'm rich or it's because I'm poor. We're arguing and we're not of one mind. And we tear each other down. And in this case, the division that was happening in this church, it wasn't that they were just divided, but they were also tearing each other down. Gossiping, looking at each other, ragging on people talking about their shoes or talking about their clothes or like, oh, why he with her or why she with him? Or we're over here ragging. And they were doing all these different things that were causing division within the body. But God says that we should love our neighbor. And it gets really hard if we don't really spend time with God. It gets really hard if we're not connected to the true vine. Because we can't do what God has called us to do without him. Amen? And so many times we'll spend all this energy time after time again trying to love people, but we can't love them well because we're not in love with him. We got to be of one mind. On one accord. I love, Brian, I just love the fact that you talked about community, community prayer. There's something about being on one accord in prayer. The prayers of a righteous, they availeth much. 
When we get together and pray, things shift. God said that my house will be a house of prayer. And sometimes we'll be wanting to come and hear a word, but really we need to come and get in that prayer. Together on one accord. And one of my favorite scriptures, it really has changed my life. Matthew 6, 33. It was simplified. Seek first. Seek one. Seek first. The kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added unto you. So, I mean, sometimes division happens. Sometimes division happens is because we lose sight of the main thing. He was first, now he's second. Oh, now you got arguments in that marriage. Now you got arguments in relationships. Now you have traumas. Now you have pain. And now you have all these things happening to you. You're wondering why. Could it be that we lost sight? And I love here, in this next verse here, because Paul is talking about why the division is happening. Because it matters who you focus on. For some members of Chloe's household have told me about your corals, my dear brothers and sisters. First and foremost, sometimes when we get to, when we're not, when we're divided, it can leak outside. It can overflow outside and people start to hear about what we're doing. That's why you can't just try to come to church to hide, but even when you leave, you're called to be an ambassador. Because they're always watching. Someone's watching. And it goes on to say that some of you are saying, I am a follower of Paul. Others are saying, I follow Apollos, or I follow Peter, or I follow only Christ. See, in the church, they were arguing about leadership. Look at in our world. Everybody got a name. Everybody trying to become somebody. You know, oh, well, I follow Julian. Oh, I follow Pastor Brian. Oh, I follow Pastor, uh, Pastor John, Bonnie, Ryan. And the thing is, be careful who you follow. T.D. Jakes, and we, we compare sermons, and we're comparing different churches, and I'm Lutheran, and I'm Baptist, and we're comparing all these different things, and it's causing division. Come on now. I've been there before. But where we have a preference. And sometimes we won't even go to church because certain person is preaching. And then we, we form these cliques. And what is this happening here is they're forming these little cliques within the body. And this is what Paul is talking about. Is, is Christ, like, is this Christ faction? Is, he the, is, Christ, is Christ divided? It's like, no. But sometimes we can get into the body of Christ and we can pick and choose who we follow. And then slowly but surely, they become our God. And so now you spend time with them more than you spend time with God. And now their word is more important than the one true word. And when they don't come through on their word, and now you mad. But that's why we can't put our trust in man. I think about social media and how we all have a platform, and I think about Twitter. And let's think about some of the reasons why we follow people, right? The number one reason is we follow them because they've impacted our lives in some way. So we're going to still give credit to Paul and Apollos and Peter because they did what they were supposed to do. 
They had an impact. They moved the gospel forward. They planted the seed. And Paul talks about it in a couple more chapters ahead. He says that one, one plants the seed and another person waters it. But Christ, Jesus, God is the one that makes it grow. So in order to keep our minds on the same page, to have to be one mind, we got to make sure that we listen to the words of Jesus. So two chapters before this, Jesus is talking about how he's divine, we are the branches, and we cannot produce fruit without him. Somebody come and get that today. You cannot produce fruit without Christ. If he's divine and we are the branches, there is no possible way that you can love people the way that you're supposed to love them. There is no way that you can give mercy the way that you're supposed to give mercy. There is no way that you can forgive others the way you're supposed to forgive them if you're not connected to the vine. Why? Because it's spiritual, y'all. That gentleness, that kindness, that fruit that he's talking about, you can't do that in your own strength. You were sinful by nature. The Bible says that we were shaped in iniquity. So when you came out, you were selfish. So when you came out, you was impatient. You came out with a grudge, especially depending on what family you was born in. <laughs> you came out with an attitude. <laughs> and the only person that could transform that is Christ. So in chapter 17, he is saying here, he says, hey, I have given them. He's talking to God. He's like, hey, I have given them the glory you gave me. So they may be one. Come on, keyword one, as we are one. I am in, I am in them, and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world, keyword, the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Keyword here, do not miss it. If you miss this, you're going to miss the reason why we, he wants us to be together. He says, I want them to be in perfect unity so the world may know that you sent me. We have a duty, Christ. Body of Christ, we have, a we have an obligation to be united, to let the things go that we're struggling with that are causing us not to love people the right way. Why? Because the person that you want to come to Christ can't because of your attitude. The person, the world that we're complaining about that is broken, they, they see the church sometimes swaying back and forth and we're arguing about different things and we can't get our stuff together. Christ is saying, please get it together so the world may know that I am who I say that I am. And there's something that hits you differently when you know that you were lost. There was somebody that you've seen in their life have a transformation. And because of that transformation, you've seen the Christ in them and then you came to church and you got a word and that word changed your life. So it's important that we be in one mind. It's all focused on that one name. And his name is God. So listen, check this out. Before I jump to my next slide, I want to make sure because I am feeling the spirit. Are you guys picking up what I'm putting down? Because this has the power, not me, as much as all the stuff that I'm up here and you guys are enjoying it. And praise God that he can use me. But it's not me. That's why I love Paul. Because Paul's saying, for Christ didn't send me to baptize, but to preach the good news. And not with clever speech. For fear that the cross of Christ would lose its power. Think about it. Leaders of the world, we go to the church because the worship be popping. We go to the church because the pastor can 
twist words around and have a good time and you get the message in a, in a particular way and it suits just you. It's, and that's how, truthfully, that's how we fall in love with the pastor more than fall in love with God. Because now we have been so fixated on the clever words that were thrown around that we feel like that person got a special anointing or that person's different and, oh, that church is growing and I'm going to follow that man. And if you're not careful, you're going to fall right into a trap. And that's why Paul is saying, I didn't come with no clever speech. Paul could have. Paul could have came with some words, but he understood that they weren't even ready for him to even drop bombs like that, to go deep. Why? Because they were still drinking the milk. How do we know that? Because Brian said it. Corinthians, they kind of were so exposed to all this stuff, they had different vices. They drawed back into their old ways, and so they weren't ready to get no real truth. Like, they were able, they only could handle the elementary stuff, the foundational stuff. That's why we got to keep our eyes on one name. So let me ask you, who are you following? Think about it. Are you here? Because God called you here. Are you here because you're just here to hear a good, powerful message? Are you here for the, the man that's on the stage? Are you here because God got a word for you? Are you really in that word? so it can transform you? Or are you really in that word so you can get a, more zeros in the bank account? Are you more in love with the blesser or the blessings? Who are you following? Because what happens in the body of Christ a lot of times, and we hear about it all the time, that sometimes like the Bible talks about a wolf coming. And it's covered in that sheepskin and that sheep clothing. I mean, it's covered in it. And you can't tell. Because sometimes we lose our discernment. The Bible says that the sheep know my voice. And when we're divided because the devil loves chaos, he can come and hide. See, sweet harmony is how God created the world. Intricate, beautiful. Harmony is order. God is a God of order. You see the stars outside and we got the sun coming up at the right time. The moon be coming out with the clouds. The waters don't come up so far. Like your toes get wet just a little. Like God created it in harmony. He's a God of odor, not chaos. You see that thing right there, that cross? Changed my life. Living like the ways of the world. The Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man but it leads to destruction. And I was following in my own ways and I got to the end of myself and I started to realize that, oh my gosh, I done spent my life running, running the wrong direction. Thought I, was, thought I was meant to be a success. Thought I was meant to have my own kingdom. And we start to do all these different things. Lost, broken, hurt. But there's power in the name of Jesus. And there's power in that cross. And there's power in the blood. There's only one power that can save your life. One power.
It's not a man. None of us. We don't have the power to save you. And the reason why a lot of you guys are here is because you've seen that power. You've seen God change your marriage. When you prayed for that job, you got that phone call that next day. You've seen that power. There's only one power that can transform the mind, Romans 12. When you get a renewed mind, Jesus, I want to go so deep, but Paul says here, That the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are headed for destruction. That's why we got to stop explaining ourselves all the time. See, it's not so much about our talk, but it's more focused on our walk. Because then a lot of times they're not going to be able to understand the message that you're sending them. But if we would live in a way that would honor God and be holy, what happens is people would see him. See him through our good days. He says, you would know my people, based off their what? Their love. And how we treat one another. And they see God's power working. And people start to go out there and share testimonies. And they start to hear about where the marriage used to be and how God changed the marriage. Or if it, maybe it was you had an experience where God's power touched you and now you used to be blind, but now you can see. Maybe it's the fact that you had a diagnosis from the doctor, and then you went back to the doctor, and all of a sudden they say, we don't see anything. I'm talking about there's one power that the world cannot even explain. Human wisdom and God's wisdom, totally two different things, and sometimes we like to analyze things, try to understand. But God, but who can know the mind of Christ? Who can know the mind of God but those that carry the Spirit of God? Because That same mind that is in Christ is also in us. And it's through the Spirit. And the Spirit is the one that reveals. So that Holy Spirit. So somebody's getting it. Let me go ahead. But who? It says, but we who are being saved, we know it's the very power of God. They may not believe you that that tree right there can save lives. But that's the thing that God is using to bring his people home. Think about it. We've seen moment after moment after moment in the scriptures that God will use the little things to confound the wise. Walking into a wedding, ran out of wine. Jesus says, give me some water. What does he do? Turn it into more wine. Power. We've seen it when Peter steps out of the boat. Jesus says one word. What's that word? He says, come. Peter's walking on water. And the world can't understand it, but we get the opportunity to. Because we're plugged in. We are tied to an almighty God. As the scriptures say, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and discard the intelligence of the intelligent. Now, so it says in Corinthians, this is further down the chapter, it says, but to those called by God to salvation, both Jews and Gentiles, Christ is the power of God. So now you got the, the one mind and we're on one accord, right? We, we believe the same thing. We have knowledge of the truth. We understand that we can't put our, our hopes and our, and our faith in man. There's only one name that we can put our hope in. The firm foundation, his name is Christ. And there's only one power 
which is found in Christ, that would allow us to be saved so we can have eternity with him forever. This is what it's talking. It says, this foolish plan of God is wiser than the wisest of human plans. And God's weakest is stronger than the greatest of human strength. He says, remember, dear brothers and sisters. He kept saying, remember. Let that ring in you. Old Testament. He says, stay in that word. Remember the old. Remember what I did. Remember that I set you free. Remember me. How many of us forgot that Christ picked you up and put you on a solid foundation? That if it wasn't for you and if it wasn't for God, you wouldn't be where you are today. Could it be that we've just lost sight of what God has done for us? That it became more about us instead of about him. Christ is calling us back home. He's calling us to himself. And it says, remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world, in the world's eyes, or powerful, or wealthy when God had called you. He says, instead, God chose things the world consider, considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. You can't Boast about where you are. You had nothing to do with it. I want somebody to hear that. Yes, you came to Christ. But he came to you. And I love this church is because a relatively new church, right? Going on three years, I believe, and to be at this point right now, we know that there's some pain, there's going to be some struggle, there's going to be some hurt when you bring two families together. There's some brokenness, there's some things that got to be worked out, there's some kinks that have to be worked out, there's some understanding that needs to happen for us to be able to be on one accord. You know, 2020 was tough for my family, but I promise you it was, it was the best thing that could happen. You know, marriages were shaky, but we stayed planted. And the thing is, you can still stay planted, but never grow. And so we learn to get an understanding of each other, learn how to be in harmony. It's like, like learning how to dance again, you know what I'm saying? Like really trying to be on that step. Because marriage is a, it's like a dance. And life is a dance. Relationships is a dance. You got to learn to find your step. And so... I praise God that his grace was enough to allow us to continue to keep going forward. And to you, I want you to know that God loves you and that for believers, he's not, he's not condemning us. He's saying, hey, guys, we got to live in sweet harmony together. We got to be unified. We got to be of one mind. We got to focus on one name. We got to keep telling people and so God's power can be revealed through our lives. And here's the cool thing about it. I love this word power. It's a different type of power. Dudamus power. It's a power that changes things. 
One word in John 11, Jairus' daughter. She was dead. They were weeping. Jesus took way too long. But Jesus knew because he carries that power. And he stepped into that room and he said one word. He said, rise. And I don't know where you at in your life today and who I'm speaking to today, but God says, rise. Maybe you've been down and you feel like you've just been stuck in a place. God says, rise. For us men in a room that feel like you're not enough and you're inadequate, God says, rise. If you're a woman and you feel like you've been overlooked, God says, rise. For his people, he says, rise. He says, if I'm lifted up, I will draw all people unto me. He is seated in high places. And we are seated with him, y'all. Not just one word, but one touch. Luke 8, the woman with the blood issue, suffered for 12 years, went broke. All out of hope. But she had the faith that she could get one touch. Sometimes it just takes one touch from God that changes everything in your life. Stay close to God. Because God is close to you. It's not the fact that God leaves us. We leave God. We got to stay close enough so we can touch him. So we can feel him. There's a level of safety that comes in touch. Amen? We live in a world where we touch our phone, but we have a hard time touching our spouses and hugs and high fives. We went through a couple years where we couldn't touch anyone because there was fear. So I see why there's division. I see why there's hurt. But we still got that power in God. And I love this right here. Matthew 15. Jesus is seeing the crowds that are hungry. One look from God. He sees your situation. Maybe you need a miracle right now. Maybe you've been waiting for God to move in your life. Maybe you've been waiting God to, maybe you've been waiting for your turn. And you wonder if God sees you or not. One look. Some of us have been looked over, but God sees you. He sees you. He sees all the hard work. He sees that you're trying. God is going to provide every need for you. One sound, Joshua 6, come on, y'all. The one sound from the trumpet after seven days of walking. Man, that trumpet blew and the walls came crashing down. One sound. One sound. One sound from God could allow you to put your walls down. Let him in. Let him in. He wants to touch you. He wants to speak to you. I don't know where you are. I don't know who this is for right here, but... Maybe you've had a hard heart and you put so many walls up. God says, one sound. Just listen, one sound. Sound of his voice. The Bible says he speaks in a, in a whisper. Small whisper, one sound. You let him in, he, said, he, can, he can work on that heart in one voice. As a church, this is for us, church. We should have one voice. Not different things being said about what's going on, about who Christ is. One voice. That says that Jesus is king, that Jesus is Lord, that he is the Savior, that he is the one true king. He's the one and almighty. He's the one that died and then he rose. And because of that, 
We have freedom. We have new life. And we have eternity. But that can only happen if we have one mind. Focus on the one name above all names. Then, we, then people, the world around us can experience the one true power. And that is sweet harmony. Psalms 133, popular scripture, but one that I hope this covers you today. It says this. How wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters, I add that in there, brothers and sisters live together in harmony. For harmony is as precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head that ran down his beard and onto the border of his robe. Mm. Harmony is as refreshing as the dew from the Mount Hernan that falls on the mountains of Zion. Don't miss it. And there the Lord has pronounced his blessing. Even life everlasting. Harmony. It's like a river. It just flows. The worship team, that sweet sound you guys heard earlier, harmony. Us coming together in one mind, harmony. Coming together, pointing and focusing on one name, harmony. One power. Sweet harmony. God loves you guys. We are better together. Thank you. for joining us. To find out more about Hope Elam, follow us on Instagram at hope.elam or visit our website at hope-elam.org.